Welcome to the NRL.com podcast for this off-season look ahead to 2021. Jamie Soward is with you. My name is Chris Kennedy. Sowie, thank you for being here. Mate, it's, it's, uh, I'll tell you what, the football's just finished, CK, but we're back <laughs> talking about footy. It never ends. I love uh, our job and what we do. And as we get ready to, to charge into a, another season of rugby league, which seems, you know, only just happened yesterday, but mm. uh, I can't wait to preview these teams because there's a lot of teams that we're about to talk about that have a couple of points to prove. So always someone asks me this time of year, mate, what do you do in the off-season? must be like a three-month holiday. I'm like, mate, no off-season. No off-season in rugby league. <laughs> Let's get into it. We're going to go through all 16 teams, cover off quickly on their major team changes, any question marks in their lineups that we've got, and a little bit of a, uh, an outlook on their 2021 season. We'll go through, I think, alphabetically. So we'll start with the Brisbane Broncos. What are, you, um, what are your big question marks, and what do you see them sort of improving much in 21? Yeah, look, I probably don't see them uh, making the eight. Uh, just off first look at their side, you know, the question marks are the same for me, CK, around there, one and six. You know, does Anthony Milford get back to that form uh, under Kevy Walters that saw him, you know, almost win a grand final? And for me, the Broncos haven't had that number one since Darius left the first time that have been consistent enough to be able to help their team. So uh, the question mark around that, their forward pack still going to be competitive, but... Uh, for me, this year, uh, in 2021, I think the Broncos continue to struggle. There's been so much storylines, and and they actually started to play a little bit of, you know, if Katoni doesn't win us the game, we can't win the game sort of footy. And when a team gets to that point, um, we saw it with the Sharks last year, that when that person doesn't play or is having a quiet game, that team loses. So um, some a lot of question marks there. I think it takes a year or two for Kevy to, to work through this squad to get the players in that he likes, but... Um, probably the biggest question mark for me is around Anthony Milford. Can he get back to that form? And Tessie New, is he going to be able to cement that number one spot? Well, yeah, saw some mail that Isaac might get first shot at the one. Personally, I, I like Tessie. I think better just a bit more dynamic with his his ball playing and leave Isaac on the wing. Yeah, totally agree. Jermaine had his chance uh, to cement that number one role and wasn't able to do it uh, when Darius was there. So, um, the way fullbacks need to play these days is they need to be the fittest on the field, but they need to be the most involved away from the ball. Mm. You know, how do we support the ball? How do you defend the ball? And the Broncos haven't been able to do that. So Tessie, for me, gets first crack. Three into two for the halves, Milford Dearden and Brody Croft. Have you got one of them missing the, the 17 altogether to start off with? I think Dearden's going to be the long-term seven and they're not yeah. moving Milford. So hopefully that uh, that answers it. <laughs> Have a look at the uh, the Canberra Raiders. Uh, I think they impressed a lot of people in 2020, given their, their huge injury toll around Josh Hodgson, who's targeting a, a round one return. Uh, lost a lot of middles as well. Going to 21 without uh, John Bateman. Also, Nick Kotrick, who was uh, dynamic uh, on the wing. So a few changes for them, but you uh, you quite like their, their squad regardless. Top three team uh, for me this year. You look at their squad. I think it's the most rounded squad Ricky Stewart's had for quite a while. And, and I don't say that with any disrespect to the teams of the past, but you have a look at the guys that are missing out of the 17 that we put up. Caleb Aikens, uh, Emre Gula, Havili, Ryan James, uh, Ryan Sutton. You know, Smith Shields played a little bit last year. So they do have a lot of guys that are going to be missing out from week to week. Getting Hodgson back is their big one. Um, this is the year for the Raiders. I think well, I thought last year was going to be too big a mountain for them to climb, but this year, you know, they'll be back on everyone's radar because they're such a quality side. But Josh Hodgson, you know, Williams, it it actually sort of a blessing in disguise. It allowed Williams to play without that security blanket of uh, having Josh Hodgson there in, in the number nine role. So. 
I actually think that uh, Williams will be better off for it this year. Really, really strong side. I, I like the look of them. Plus, Corey Harawira and Ira, there's worse replacements for John Bateman. I think, you know, I love watching John Bateman, but Harawira and Ira has shown that he's a quality first grader. He uh, he finished the season very strong. Another positive for them last year, the emerge or last season, I should say, the emergence of Tom Starling. He potentially holds a bench spot where he could come on and be really dynamic for, for sort of half an hour a game, and obviously is a great backup if Hodgson does miss any game time. He'll be there, and they'll have to manage Josh Hodgson uh, when they come through. I think that what we're going to see is in the NBA at the moment, CK. There's a lot of this load management and stuff like that, and and because of the longer finish this year, I think we're going to see teams carry that extra hooker or, or extra utility player to be able to manage some of their high profile guys. Because um, for me, Josh Hodgson doesn't need to win us the game round one. He needs to be there. You know, when the, when the whips are cracking. So Starling showed last year, great ruck speed, great ruck awareness and, and a good defender. So he's worked his way into that team. And I think it'll be hard to, to knock him out. The Canterbury Bulldogs, obviously a disappointing 2020 season. A um, couple of significant roster changes. Kyle Flanagan replacing Kieran Four and one of the most notable ones. A couple of ins as well. Nick Kotrick from the Raiders um, is notable as well. Yeah, definitely. This is a, the six, number six jersey has been a revolving door for the Bulldogs and they need to get that sorted out. Lachlan Lewis maybe has his nose in front. I prefer probably Brandon Wakeham. I think that, uh, yeah, he's just, uh, he had a season, uh, I think it was last year where he came off the back of, and we spoke about it, where he played for Fiji and he had a lot of big bodies around him that he actually directed around and, and Fiji played pretty well. So um, I'd prefer to see him in there with Flanagan. Flanagan's going to shoulder most of the load in terms of kicking and, and field placement and all that kind of stuff. But um, some question marks for me around their outside backs. Nick Kotrick hasn't played a lot of centre. Jake Avrilo is probably a preferred 5'8 um, yeah. from, from growing up and a ball runner. So uh, maybe he becomes an option if that doesn't work yet. But, you know, Nick Meany, this is... It's, it's tough for Nick because he went there wanting to be a fullback and he ends up on the wing because Will Hoppawati went back there under the previous regime. So um, some question marks there for me. Around the nine as well, Jeremy Marshall King's a serviceable number nine uh, CK, but you'd be expecting to get more out of the nine role in terms of how important they are. I mean, you look at Damian Cook, he, he could be similar to where it just gets out of dummy half, but it's understanding when to pass the ball and, and when to to sort of uh, recognise when it's your time. So, um, again, I don't see a whole lot of improvement from the Bulldogs this year. I think they will continue to struggle. But um, Jack Evington, a huge pickup as well for their firebrand. Napa, Jackson, they've got guys there that can do a job, but I just don't know if it's going to be week to week. Yeah, still uh, plenty of work to do for the Bulldogs. Looking at the uh, Cronulla Sharks, hard to know what to make of their 2020 season, really. A lot of injuries in, in key positions, lost some uh, some headcount in the, the back line for long periods, but emerged some uh, some useful players as well. Talakai really came on, Toby Rudolph. Um, so there's a, sort of a few uncertainties with that side at the moment. Yeah, definitely. I think that um, for me, until Johnson comes back, Moylan needs to play one. And Connor Tracy in that in that uh, number six role, just because of his running game, it allowed Chad Townsend to to have someone that's going to run the footy and, and not worry about um, trying to get Moylan involved. He can just go and support the ball. Um, last year, I think that last year was a a year that probably made for the finals to be just a top six for me. Yeah, the, the Sharks weren't going to trouble. I mean, they played great in that finals game, and anything can happen, but. I thought last year they were, their results sort of flattered them um, in terms of against those top sides. And you look at 
the bench this year. They're going to have to do some work around the bench. Gonna, if Connor Tracy is going to be utility, they're going to have to find some more foot speed around, whether it's Billy Magulius, whether it's, uh, you know, Sifa Talakai is going to be in that side, I think, over Nakora. He'll start in the back row and maybe Nakora comes off the bench. So um, they've got some the guys there. Uh, with the injury, but yeah, miss the opening rounds. yeah, just just the first month or so. But yeah, you're right. He's uh, he'd be very hard to leave out when he's fit and available. And the other one is Braden Trindle. You know, if he's yeah. fully fit, he's shown that he's up to NRL standards. So um, I wouldn't even mind seeing him in at six and keep Connor Tracy on the bench and maybe you have Moylan at fullback. But yeah, the Sharks. Uh, I know they made the eight last year, but yeah, speaking to Chad and they were happy to make the eight. Don't get me wrong, but. Mm making the eight the way they did wasn't a really successful year. Well, they made the eight pretty much just beating the, the bottom eight teams and never really got going against the um, the top side. So need to address that uh, next season if they want to be any sort of a force in the uh, the competition. Looking at the Gold Coast Titans, a, a team that finished like an absolute house on fire. A lot of guys going, you know, full steam ahead. A, a lot of positives to come out of 2020, but I guess it's about bottling that and, and going better and, and using those recruits that they've picked up to, to turn into a genuine top eight threat. The Titans, for me, remind me of the Bulldogs the last two years where the fans are excited. They finished five in a row. You know, we're going next year. We're signing up for our membership. And they come out and it's it's like the air goes out of the balloon round one. Um, I think the Bulldogs went over there and got walloped. Oh, they beat the Warriors round one. And then, you know, they, they were wrestled after that. Uh, this is two years ago. So a lot of pressure on them to start the year. I don't think that uh, Justin Holbrook will let them start like that. Still a question mark around the nine for me and Mitch Drain, whether he's going to cement that spot at Tanner Boyd there, uh, whether they can maybe play Tyrone Peachy there at certain stages. But, you know, the forward packs, you know, very, very highly rated. Fodawaker, Wallace is under a little bit of pressure, I think. I think SASA may start and Wallace may come off the bench or vice versa. Um, but they're going to need – I think that bench will probably tweak a little bit um, just to have maybe a little bit more foot speed on the back back end of that bench. But there's some guys there that are, are serious footballers and it may not be this year for the Titans, but it may be next year, but they're certainly building. They've got Taylor, Fogarty, Brimson, three of the hottest properties you know, in the game. A lot of pressure on Ash Taylor every year, but also Jamal Fogarty now. He's in the NRL. Once you get to the NRL, that's the hardest part getting there. Um, but after you've had your first year, it's about reinventing yourself, you know, changing with the times, understanding the game, uh, getting all that kind of stuff. And he's going to be vitally important for this side's chances this year. Yeah, it's a lot to like about the uh, the Titans, just if they can uh, sort of bottle what they did last year and do it against the, the better teams. Mainly Sea Eagles, um, probably a few headaches there. Um, we're doing their predicted 17, and you know, where do you put Kieran Four? And it, does Farnu mm-hmm. come back sooner rather than later with his injury and, and being stood down? The, you know, where does Dylan Walker go? How do you replace Joel Thompson? There's uh, a bit to, to think about for Des Hasler. The last thing you said for me is the most alarming. How do you replace Joel Thompson? Yeah, emotion levels, um, yeah, passion, everything that represented being a rugby league player, Joel Thompson had it. So how do they get that from someone else? Uh, yeah, interesting with Kieran Foran, I wouldn't plan to have Kieran Foran as my main guy in a major role, in a seven, six or, or nine role. I'd actually prepare him to play 14. I think Schuster should start at six. I think Dylan Walker should start in the centres uh, instead of Morgan Harper. Uh, and that way, if things go wrong, we can always bring Kieran in because we know that he knows how to understand the game and he can play the game. But we haven't put our, all our eggs in one basket like they have the last couple of years because they've had no other option, Manly, to the point where 
you know, if, if Tom Trebojevic goes out, they don't have anyone else ready to go. So I think you prepare Kieran Foran for that um, that 14 role. Plus the other question mark this year, CK, is how do they get Jake Trebojevic back to Jake Trebojevic? Because he became a tackling machine and lost that enterprising ball-playing role. But then at times was just playing ball-playing too much and, yeah. and it wasn't surprising. So they need to get that balance right. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, Fainu, if he's right to go and everything's cleared, he'll he'll start. There's no doubt there. Kieran Foran at 14 for me, but uh, Walker back into the centres. That looks like a lot more rounded side. And they're starting to get some more depth through. Ruben Garrick started last year. Uh, Oluwakatu, he's shown that he can be their Brad Parker. They've got some guys there for covering now rather than just trying to move guys around for the sake of it. Travoyevich production line continues. Ben Travoyevich joins the top 30 this year, so we might see him uh, at oh, some man, stage as the season too. goes on. He's, <laughs> he's, not good bad. Too. he's good too. <laughs> um, yeah, interesting one for Manly. Melbourne Storm, um, just keep on keeping on. Mm, yeah, they do. Uh, probably the only excitement, you know, in sort of change is Harry Grant. I thought Brandon Smith deserved to start at nine, um, but you know, it's, it's their choice, obviously, but I thought that he'd done his time there and, and earned that number nine role. And I know Harry Grant had a fantastic year. Um, but one person who I'm looking forward to, to watching this year, CK, is Nico Hines. Mm. Uh, you remember Ryan Pappenhausen started, you know, his sort of bench role through the middle and, and scored that try against the Tigers just off pure speed and, and competitiveness. Well, Nico Hines is can do that through the middle. And I think he'll be very, very valuable this year has shown that he understands the game and can fill in, in different positions. So one to 17, they remain really, really strong. Remus Smith makes the move down there. So he'll be another kicking target for Jerome Hughes and Cameron Munster. This is a side, this is a top two or three side again. I mean, Mm. if they're their grand final day, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Yeah, uh, obviously, as we sit here and record this, we, we still haven't heard any confirmation about what Cameron Smith's doing. And, and Brandon Smith, um, for our purposes, is still a storm player, but still some question marks around that. But um, regardless, you'd think it looks like Harry Grant's going to get that that number nine jersey and what he did in his origin debut and, and for the Tigers um, last year. It's a hell of a replacement for, for Cameron. Huge replacement. And and like I said, the, you're splitting hairs here between Brandon and Harry. It's, you know, he, he played amazing in the origin. But uh, I think the X factor for them this year is if, if Brandon Smith does stay there, CK, this is the best bench in the in the comp. Smith, a sofa Solomona, Tua Kamakamitha comes back, and then Nico Hines. The perfect balance of size, rock speed, match awareness. You know, Melbourne for me, yeah, premiership yeah. contenders big time. Absolutely. Uh, looking at the Newcastle Knights, they returned to the finals after a seven-year hiatus, but um, didn't make too much of a dent once they got there. Um, again, a few question marks. They've got, you know, does Kurt Mann go back to six? Obviously, get Jaden Braley back from his ACL injury. Tyson Frizzell joins from the uh, Dragons. Um, Connor Watson will make his comeback from an Achilles injury, hopefully by round one, but certainly the, the early stages. Although Ponga, we're hearing, um, is in doubt for, for round one with his off-season shoulder surgery. So lots of question marks there. Huge question marks. Again, this is like the Sharks. This is, you know, my probably my case for a top six. Um, but, yeah, Kurt Mann, great player. Uh, but I don't think – I think he's more suited to that utility role where he just comes on and, and competes and plays. I uh, don't know if he has a specialist position because he had a, a great year last year, but there was times where Mitchell Pierce needed him to be the, the dominant playmaker and just take some pressure off. He wasn't able to do that, hence why they got Blake Green. Uh, and then they had 
you know, a horrendous run with the number nine uh, jersey as well. But I just think that they're more suited to a genuine, you know, 5'8", who's someone that's played there their whole career and, and understands that, okay, Mitchell needs to get the ball over one side of the field. How do I get myself in the game versus just a running 5'8 and competitor? But that got them a long way. Uh, don't get me wrong. I think that um, it's either Kurtman or Connor Watson. I don't know if you can have both in the side. Uh, there's there's that role of, you know, sure, we want um, Connor Watson to play a bit of 13 and a bit of small ball, but I don't know if you're going to be able to have those guys all together because the forward, the starting forward pack for Newcastle is outstanding. Uh, Clemmer, Saifidi, Frizzell making the move, Barnett, you know, you'd expect those guys to get the job done. But, you know, Jacob Saifidi, Josh King, Suasasu, three very similar players, uh, three very, you know, up and down guys, not much ruck speed there. How does that work when those big guns go off? So uh, a lot of question marks around. I'd prefer probably have Tex Hoy on the bench. Uh, I think that he may end up winning the role. Like that 14 role and the number six role is so um, up for grabs there at Newcastle every single week. And that creates indecisiveness within the side. What do you think about Tex Hoy? Obviously uh, an outside chance he plays fullback mm-hmm. to start the season if Pong is not back from that shoulder, but um, regardless, he's he's going to be in and around that sort of 17, 18 most weeks. He's your perfect, like, 14, isn't he? Like, in, in this side, he's your perfect 14. He may start at fullback in other places, but um, he's a big body. He can play through the middle. He can defend, and he's fast. Like, <laughs> that's the perfect 14. So, um, yeah, I think that there's there's – some value having Tex Hoy in the side and he'll start at one if Pong is not there. So looking at the Warriors next, obviously um, so much emotion around what they did in 2020, having to up sticks and move countries. I think everyone appreciated the sacrifices that they all made. And then at the end of it sort of produced some pretty um, impressive performances as well. And we're in and around that sort of push for the top eight until the last round or two of the season. But um, with, with some uncertainty to start next year as well and starting the season again in Australia, can they sort of continue to, to lift these performances? That's going to be the big issue with the Warriors. And I think Nathan Brown, firstly, will go in and, and everyone commends them. They were everyone's second favourite team, you know, towards mm. well, pretty much as soon as they gave up living at home and, and all that kind of stuff and what they did for the game. But it means nothing this year. Like, if they have to relocate, it's going to be tough, but they will be expected to compete. And this is a good enough roster to do it. Um, yeah. Now they picked up two massive pickups were Ben Murdoch Masilla, who's been in fantastic form in the Super League for Warrington, and then also Adam Fanua Blake. Those two guys could be the best front row pairing in, in the competition if they're fully fit and firing. So um, their forward pack, Katoa, was fantastic last year. Tohu Harris was back to the old Tohu Harris at Melbourne. Jazz Tavanga, we all love Jazz Tavanga. Probably a little bit of an issue around their bench and the, and the nine. Uh, I don't think anyone's really stood up and cemented that number nine position. That's why they carry Wade Egan and Carl Lawton. Uh, I don't think that they would carry Tanul Brown, Armour and Kane Evans. I think they need a little bit more ruck speed uh, within that side. So you'd be looking at someone like Josh Curran or um, Hayes Perham, you know, one of those guys once they're back. I think Bailey Sirenen will actually start maybe yeah. on an edge. Yeah. I think he, he may start instead of Katoa uh, and have that sort of different versatility there. So, mm. um, but... Yeah. Yeah, it's a Warriors side for me that still has some question marks about whether they can get this performance that they had last year when the pressure was really off all year. Everyone was going to support them the whole year. Now that they've got some changes there, new coach, um, yeah, can they get the job done? 
Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Torhu wasn't, he was named on the edge most of the year, but he wasn't really playing an edge forward role. Could you start with Qatar and Siren and then maybe name Torhu officially in the 13 or in the front row? And, and it's hard with that. Fanua Blake, Murdoch, Masila, Jostavanga. Yeah, there. I don't think you'd, Jazz Tavang is such a workhorse in the middle. Mm. I would, I'd love, yeah, Jazz Tavang would be probably first picked every week, just the way he plays the game. Mm. He, did he start out as a nine, Jazz Tavanga? Yeah, is he covering hooker and covering hooker off the bench a lot? Man. I think, but um, yeah. Man, if he play, if he wanted to play nine, that's a serious pack. If you can get Sirenen in, Tohu Harris at thirteen, and Jazz Tavanga in at nine, that is a serious pack. And then have. Mm. Yeah, sort of have um, Tavanga maybe play that first sort of 25 minutes and then have someone come up and speed the ruck up, much like the Raiders do, where Starling comes off the bench, or play both of them. You know, play Tavanga goes back to 13, Tohu Harris gets the rest, and then you have Wade Egan or Lawton speed up the ruck. So um, the one thing I noticed last year, CK, with the Warriors was that, and this is no disrespect to Blake Green, but when he left, Cody Nicaremus stood up. And, and they looked like they played a little bit more how they wanted to play versus the safe, conservative side, which is you need it, right? You need it yeah. to win games. But Cody Nicarima ran the ball. He was setting up tries. Chanel Harris-DeVita looked like he settled into that. If those two guys can continue to develop and play together as a partnership and not just give Roger two of us a shake the ball when nothing else is on, then they're going to be a, a team that's going to be battling for the eight for sure. A little bit worried about their playmaking depth. I know we saw Paul Turner make his debut mm. um, last season, but if they go well, that Nicarima Harris Tavita halves pairing could actually be pretty dynamic. Hundred percent, and that's what I'm saying. It's now this year's Chanel's third year, I think, involved in the NRL system. Yeah. It's time for him to step out of that Sean Johnson shadow and, and take over now. So, uh, plus they've got five hyphenated names. And I reckon if the five of those can have their best year. They're yeah. so influential. The five of those hyphenated names, Tanua Brown, Murdoch Masilla, Fanua Blake, Harris DeVita, and two of us are Sheck, they're going to be in the eight. Mm. Look at the um, the Cowboys next, a, a really disappointing 2020 season for them. Never really got off the ground. Obviously, Michael Morgan hardly played. So if he's fit to start the season, then he's a, a huge in for them. They've still got Jake Clifford on the roster. He goes to Newcastle in 2022. So we currently don't have him in our, our predicted 17 with Scott Drinkwater starting at six. You've got question marks over Val Holmes at one. Does Tabuai Fido go back to the wing? Um you know, a few sort of changes in the forward pack. They lose Gavin Cooper's experience. Um, you know, Lachlan Burr comes from the, the Warriors, but um, yeah, still plenty of work to do for uh, for Todd Payton. 100%. Yeah, the, the question marks over Val didn't go away after his stint in origin at fullback. Uh, yeah. They probably got louder, I think, the concerns over him playing fullback. So um, it's interesting to see how Todd Payton gets... Uh, Valentine Holmes involved in the game plan and, and stuff like that. If you, if you, for me, you play between the 20s and you just say to Val, we want you to support the ball. We don't care about scoring tries in the corner because we don't want to play like that. We've got the best ball runner in the competition in Jason Tamalolo. If you can't get 50 offloads this year, JT, and 25 of them, it's a Val Holmes, then we're probably not doing our job right. So, um, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of question marks. This Scott Drinkwater, sort of similar to the Newcastle situation, isn't it, with Kurt Mann, where Michael Morgan's so dominant. How does he get himself into the game when it's not coming his way? And how does he take over when it's not going Michael Morgan's way? So um, they've got a lot of money tied up in Tamalolo, Morgan and Val Holmes. And it probably shows, looking at their whole roster, CK, that they're probably a little bit skinny in, in some of those situations. But um, there's chances there. I mean, Cohen Hess at his best, you know, he'd be 
fancy himself to start there in that back row, but whether he's got the engine or not, we'll have to wait and see. So uh, I don't see too much improvement uh, for the for the Cowboys this year versus you know the expectations that everyone had last year. You know, like it didn't go right from last year. I don't know how they get themselves above that this year. Yeah, like I said, plenty of work to do for new coach Todd Payton. Looking at the Parramatta Eels, a weird season for them. They started uh, so dominant that first eight or ten weeks, just steamrolling teams and, and running through the middle and scoring plenty of points. And just the, um, you know, the kind of the, the air went out of the balloon about the halfway point. They looked pretty fatigued the whole back end of the year. They got enough wins to still finish third, but didn't really fire a, a shot in the, the finals. Um, how do you foresee them sort of panning out 2021? How you just summed up the Parramatta Eels is probably how Reed Marnie feels. Yeah, they they started like a house on fire. He was in everything, and then sort of just became flat. You know, they got yeah. themselves into a real rut. So, I think they need to find the solution and have a utility player that they stick with that can cover nine, six, one. Yeah, whether it's Will Smith, um, whether it's someone else, uh, they've got a little bit more depth there now. Obviously, they picked up Bryce Cartwright. I think Alvaro. You know, if, if a club can fit Alvaro under their roster, they'd be trying to get hold of him. He's a fantastic player. Nia Corre is going to be back. So their forwards are fine, but I just think they lack that different point of view when Reed Marnie's hit the, the empty tank. You know, they, they lose that. If they had Tom Starling come off the bench or, you know, someone like a Connor Watson, it just keeps the momentum or it changes the momentum. So um, that's that's one thing they'll have to address. The other thing is I actually thought they – Start of the year, great. When Mitchell Moses got hurt, Clint Gutherson was fantastic for that for that period. When he came back, they lost their whatever their mojo was or their connection. They lost that, and Clint Gutherson sort of took a backward seat so Moses could get himself back into routine. and And Dylan Brown, yeah, when he came back, so they had injuries and they had the excuses. But I just thought that those three guys didn't gel as well as what they could have when they all got back firing and fully fit because that first week against Melbourne, they had Melbourne, not beat, but they had Melbourne on the ropes, but they just yeah. couldn't stay the court. You know, they, they, I remember the kick, Dylan Brown kicked early in the set and you could see Moses and Gutherson sort of say, what are you doing? We're on top here. Why are we kicking early to the other side? They kicked exclusively to Fo- Car to the Fox, to the Fox. And they went to Vunavalu two times in a row, split them open and the game was over. Like Pappenhausen and, and Smith took over. So uh, a learning experience for, for Parramatta, but their forward packs yeah, up there, they just need to, to pace, not pace themselves, but make sure that uh, they're ready to go to the back end. Yeah, of all the new recruits, I mean, you talked about Bryce Cartwright. He's um, you know come on a low end deal after a uh, pretty troubled time at the um, at the Titans. We've currently got Will Smith as the all round utility. You could also go, um, you know, they've bought a few guys, um, but the the only new recruits we've got at the moment in the seventeen are Tom Opacek at centre replacing. Um, Michael Jennings, who's under that provisional suspension. And we've got Isaiah Papali'i on the bench with uh, Nia Kore currently suspended for, for round one. But they've bought, you know, Jordan Rankin, who hasn't really ever played an extended role in, in the NRL. Joey Lussick, come back from the Super League, who's a, a hooker, I guess, to provide depth behind, um, you know, Reed Marnie. Keegan Hipgrave, who was unwanted at the, the Titans, hasn't really nailed down an NRL spot. Uh, Michael Oldfield, who wasn't playing NRL at, at the Raiders. It's, it seems like a lot of depth signings more than anything else. Hundred percent, and they're going to need it because they found that this year that they had to move people around, and yeah, there's going to be a chance. The big one is Reed Money. They needed it. They needed like a a genuine 
option for Reed Marnie so that when he's on empty, that they can bring someone on or maybe rest him for a week. Like this is going to be your hooker for the next five, six, maybe 10 years. You know, we need to make sure that Reed Marnie's at his best and he gets you so much work. It's, a, yeah. it's not a detriment to Reed Marnie. It's just the fact that, yeah, the depth probably hasn't been there to be able to cover him or give him a rest. So they've had to play him or rush him back from injury. Absolutely. Have a look at the uh, Penrith Panthers went from um, not even being in the finals to losing just one game all regular season and, and making it through to a grand final, really flicked a switch in 2020. Um, I guess the question marks are, can they keep that momentum going? Can all those guys who had breakout seasons like um, Jerome Luai and Stephen Crichton and Liam Martin, can they, you know, avoid second year syndrome and continue it on? And then can they also do it having lost, you know, James Tamo, Ivan Cleary's told Josh Mansell that he'll be in, um, reserve grade you've currently got in our predicted teams we've got Tyrone May in the centers with question marks over Brent Naden so um it's not not necessarily a gimme for the Panthers no it's not and yeah you you raised some real concerns there the first one is Tyrone May in the centers I thought that he's everyone could see he's better suited to the middle third of the field and he got found out defensively but also their attack was a little bit spluttery on that right hand side and they didn't really get um, the fluency that they would have had with a with a genuine centre there. So um, some question marks, like tumultuous off-season for them. You know, how do they bounce back? They've, they've given up or they've let go two leaders within their group of Josh Mansour in the backs and James Tarmow. So there's a lot of experience there for guys that you can always say as a young guy, yeah, no, it's sweet. Like we're, we're not listening to the outside noise, but you are because it's everywhere. It's covered the game. So, um, yeah, the pressure will go on Nathan Cleary now to, to stand up and lead that. He's probably the most, well, he's the most experienced in that back line. Uh, and then you've got someone like Abby Coruscant in, in the middle third there and Isaiah Yo. So um, some question marks around the Panthers, the emotion bucket of losing a grand final that, Everyone wanted them to win, much like the Raiders. Um, they didn't have any injuries last year, like long-term injuries to their key guys. So they were very lucky. And you need that in a championship run. You need injuries to go your way. You need sometimes when you're not playing your best to go your way. And that all went perfectly for Penrith last year. So how do they go if there's a little bit of adversity now and they're on the radar of everyone? So um, be interested to see how they start the year, to be honest. But not many question marks there in terms of their side. Um, yeah. The only one would be Matt Burton, if they get him in that 17 or when uh, if they decide Dean Vare maybe start in the centres and Tyrone May uh, may be a better fit coming off the bench and, and Burton unfortunately misses out, but uh, it's a serious football team. Yeah, it sure is. Uh, looking ahead at the uh, George Illawarra Dragons, I know you've been spending plenty of time down there uh, helping out with the um, the kicking side of things. So uh, there's probably some things that you can't say publicly, but in, in terms of what you what you can say publicly, obviously, um, you know, there was a no no secret it was a disappointing season for the um, the Dragons in in 2020. Um, shuffled a few things around. Obviously, Hook comes in as the um, the new coach, taking over from Paul McGregor. Um, what do you got for the Dragons? Yeah, well, the Dragons, I mean, look at the the 17 that uh, NRL.com's picked. And I think there's one thing that stands out that may not be the same. Um, obviously, with, you know, one foot in each camp is I think there's a lot of same body types there. You know, Blake Laurie, Trent Merrin, maybe sort of competing for a bit of a spot. The back row, if Tarek Sims is, is fully fit, which he is at the moment, uh, and can stay fit, is one of the most dynamic back rows in the competition. Really like the look at Jackson Ford. The talking points for the Dragons have been – 
you know, the seven and nine, what they do there, because Ben Hunt's played well at nine. Cameron McInnes has played well at nine. Uh, he's also played well at 13. So you may see some, um, you know, opportunity there where McInnes starts at nine and, and Ben Hunt, you know, if things aren't working, may change around. We'll have to wait and see with Hook. But uh, one thing being at the Dragons is that they've got some young talent coming through uh, CK and, and um, you know, probably you know, Adam Clude started last year. He'd be starting at other clubs. Um, mm-hmm. Jaden Sullivan, you know, Junior Amone. These are, are young halves that I'm working with that are all very talented. Um, looking at the side there, Cody Ramsey had a fantastic start. Whether he can continue uh, the good work there is going to be, you know, up to him. But there's the competition for spots all throughout the side. And I think when you finish how the Dragons finished and you get a new coach, there's a new feel around the club of every spot's open. Yeah, you know, barring, yeah, you know, like everyone can say this is the predicted team, but if you're an old guy, you've got to adapt or you're out. And I've been under that with Hook, you know. Yeah. We started pretty well in, in 2016. I found myself on a plane to England, you know, after not a great performance. So, um, yeah, without sort of giving too much away, you know, Paul Vaughan will be the leader of that pack, but there's certainly some spots up for grabs, that's for sure. Just looking at that three-quarter line, we've sort of stuck Jack Bird in the, the centres for now. I mean, to me, that's his best spot, but I read a yarn um, the other day suggesting that he may be sliding into that sort of back row rotation, maybe starting off the, the bench while he builds confidence back after his, um, you know, his run of injuries. Um, we've started with Ravalar and Ramsey on the wings. You could just as easily go, you know, Pereira and um, there's the, the Fiangai brothers who are on the way up, you know, Braden Williami could push for a center spot if Jack Bird's not there. So there's a few options in that three quarter line for sure. Yeah, that's right. And and the thing about Jack is he's shown that he can play anywhere in your side. He's big, he's physical, he can play back row, he can start at center, you know, was was aiming to be a fullback at the Brisbane Broncos. So um, his versatility is, you know, sort of unmatched in terms of uh, in the competition when he's fully fit and firing, he's shown that he can play anywhere in your side. So um, I'm not sure where hook will start him. You know, these, you know, he's coming back from injury. So you probably don't want to rush him in. Maybe he starts off the bench and plays some minutes in the back row just to get his feet underneath him. But uh, having a guy like Jack bird in your side uh, with, with that much talent, you know, certainly uh, boosts your side's chances. Move on to the South Sydney Rabbitohs, uh, another team that finished really, really strongly uh, in 2020 after some sort of hit and miss performances through the, the early parts of the year. Um, team-wise, obviously, get Latrell Mitchell back from that hamstring injury, so Corey Allen's going to have to find another spot. We've got him on the wing uh, currently, but I feel like it mostly picks itself. Otherwise, probably the other real question is with Jai Arrow coming down, repl- effectively, I guess, replacing in that starting 13, uh, Bailey Siren, and we've got Cameron Murray sliding from, from lock to an edge. Um, otherwise, no real selection headaches, I don't think, for the, the, the Bunnies. No, you may find that Corey Allen uh, spends some time at fullback while Latrell gets his uh, match fitness underway rather than take him off like they did last year after his injury um, and to work him into the to full fitness. He may just spend 20 minutes on the wing or, you know, on the, in the centres and Gagai goes to the wing or something like that. So uh, I don't think they'll have any problems there. This is a serious football team. Uh, they'll be in the top three or four for sure this year. Um I would start, I mean, I'm new to the coaching ranks, obviously, but I, I would probably maybe even start Jai Arrow and Tom Burgess together uh, up front and have Murray stay in that 13 role where he's accustomed to because there's a kid on the bench, and I know you like him too because we've Sorry. spoken about him so many times, Keon Kolomatangi. Yeah, He is a gun. And footwork on an edge, 
that can pass. It's got big and physical. Like you just, they don't make them like that. So when you find one, you've got to give him some time. So I, I think that Bailey Sirenen will be a loss. I really liked the look of him last year on an edge. He was physical, uncompromising, but you can't keep everyone and Colin Matangi's, you know, the, the pick of those two. So I wouldn't be surprised if they start him. The other question, Mark CK, is they don't carry a 14. They don't carry a specialist utility player because yeah. Cook plays 80 minutes and he's so fit. But I just wonder, the last three prelim finals, Cook's run out of steam, whether it be mentally or emotionally or physically, whatever you like. Mm. He's just been found out a little bit in those big games. So I wonder how they keep him fresh throughout the year knowing that he's going to play Origin, know, you know, all that stuff, they're, they're going to get to the prelim final again if they play well. Do they need a, a 14 to come on? Maybe it's Dargan starts on the bench and, and just to give Cook 15 minutes every now and then, you know, that, that maybe week yeah. where he doesn't play, but I think that's a, that's something for the Rabbitohs to look at. Absolutely. Well, looking ahead at the uh, Sydney Roosters, look like they were gunning for a three-peat for a fair bit of uh, 2020, but ran out of gas right at the uh, the end of the season. Still looks like a pretty serious team on paper. They've got um, Kyle Flanagan's gone, so you have to find what, what they're going to do with that number seven jersey, whether Lachlan Lamb gets first crack. The up-and-coming Sam Walker will be in the frame. They've obviously just announced Adam Kieran as well. Um, otherwise, the team looks pretty much um, as per expectations. Yeah, it was sort of... Um... The depth, <laughs> I was like, and then I looked at the guys they had injured. I mean, Ikevalu, dry scorer, Kieran's, you know, shown that he can handle it. Victor Radley, Billy Smith, Sawali now, Verrills, Walker. This is you know, one of the favourites, you know, with, with uh, Penrith, Melbourne, and uh, and also the Raiders for me. Um, the only question mark probably around Boyd Cordner, uh, if he comes back and plays, but they've got, they can slot Satili Turpanur in there. They can move uh, Victor Radley up to 13. Isaac Liu goes back to the bench. Uh, and then when do we get to see Joseph Suwali? This much hyped teenager uh, that's made the, the most publicized move that we've seen probably for a teenager across the road. So um, probably one part, like our job is to, to look for the good and bad in both sides is, Cooper Cronk leaves, Kyle Flanagan comes in, should have been business as usual. It wasn't uh, in terms of their attacking style and stuff like that. How does Lachlan Lamb fit into that now? How does He's been in the system a lot longer, but probably wasn't able to nail down the spot for whatever reason because if they were confident in him, they probably wouldn't have signed Kyle Flanagan. So when does Sam Walker get his opportunity? How long does Lachlan Lamb get a chance to prove himself for the number seven? That's the only storyline for me other than that. Uh Barring injury, which they had a lot last year and still were able to get as far as they did, uh, this three and four years might be on. Yeah, yeah, they, they look pretty good. Um, last but not least, the uh, West Tigers. Um, yeah, finals drought continues. It's been a fair while between drinks now. They've said goodbye to uh, Benji Marshall. They've got a few headaches around their, their key playmaking roles. Billy Walters is still in the system, but he's out... Um, probably 12 to, to 16 weeks still with that knee injury. Adam Dewey, we don't have in our predicted round one team because he's suspended. But um, at the moment, we're sitting on Paul Momorowski covering fullback while Moses Hembai pay, plays in the halves. But that's obviously not the team um, moving forward. How do you see the, the Tigers piecing together? Yeah, it's a bit of mix and match at the moment, isn't it? When you look at their side, not Momorowski, I don't know how much fullback he's played, but he, it wouldn't be a lot to, to NRL sort of standards of the fullbacks that we see at the moment. Moses Zembai. Um, 
I don't think he's a six. I think he'd prefer probably playing the centers or or at one. So uh, they pick up James Tarr now, Joe Offran Galway. Their forward pack's going to be competitive, but it's a bit of a mix and match. And wait and see with the Tigers. Um, you know, James Roberts is it going to be the James Roberts the Jet or you know the one that we sort of saw grounded at South Sydney a bit? Hopefully we see the Jet because he's so good in full flight. Joe Leilua, you know, there's sort of that rocks or diamonds out there last year where he put on some great plays, but then the brain explosions ends up costing his team. So um, the one thing I'm looking for, the storyline in the Tigers this year, CK is Luke Brooks. You know, this is, has never played a finals game. You know, can he somehow get this side or have no expectations? Um, can he get them into a position where they're, they're playing uh, finals football in 2021? I think it might be a little bit far uh, stretched for this side, but, you know, there, there's certainly some talent there that we probably didn't see the best of last year, plus add some injuries as well. But uh, him, you know, Sean Bloor's a young one. They've got some guys off the off the sort of roster chart. Michael Cheekham can play. Dewey, he looks like he'll play six when he's finally in the team. So, um, but yeah, it's a bit of a wait and see on the Tigers. I don't think I can invest too much in them at the moment. Yeah, just the, probably the last one on their number nine. Obviously, Harry Grant's gone back to the Storm, was close to their best player mm-hmm. in 2020. We've got Little starting. He's had a horror run with injury the last few years, but apparently he's fit at the moment. Uh, Jake Simpkin hasn't debuted yet, but was pretty good in the Q Cup the last couple of years. So he potentially takes a bench spot or, or jostles with Little for that starting nine jersey as the, the season rolls on. Yeah, 100%. And that was probably a confusing thing. If Benji wanted to keep going, like there was no... I would have just kept him playing at the Tigers. Like he's experience, you know, he covers positions and, but now it's a huge step for, for Brooks and now Little and, and Simpkin in that sort of nine and seven role to, to make it their own. So, uh, but yeah, I think there's a lot of questions around this Tigers side. You know, if they were able to get uh, Laurie from, from Penrith, he probably would have played one. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of questions around the Tigers. Well, mate, that's a um, little bit of a, a look ahead on all 16 clubs, some chat on their their rosters and a, a bit of an outlook. Um, obviously, you know, mid-December at the moment, a lot of pre-season left, probably a few more roster moves to come at the, the various teams. So interesting to see how it all pieces together come round one. But for now, um, thank you so much for joining us and uh, enjoy the break. Too easy, mate. Have a good Christmas. Cheers.